How's everybody doing? Y'all good? Great. Great. Four. How many of y'all doing well this morning? Can y'all get a little bit, can you get a little bit rowdy? I mean, you're like you're up in here in your shorts and swimsuits and you need to be happy about that. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you today, uh, some thoughts on finding Jesus. And, uh, I began to process some of the things that pastor Gabriel has been preaching and teaching. And then like over first and second Peter. And in the, the last message, he was just talking about the, the progressive, uh, theology that we have in our world today. And really a part of what they do is almost to deny the old Testament as a part of of how we can make it in the New Testament and how God is there and how Jesus is revealed there. And I think sometimes we miss that and we just need to find Jesus. And I was thinking the same thing about folk in this church. Some of them that are traveling today, uh, Bobby and Michelle are headed to Florida. The baby is to be born in the next, I don't know, a few days, how that's working right now. So I'm hoping that they're able to participate with us online today. But, but the point is this, even for them, I was just thinking of the strength they need during hard times. And I know recently we've gotten some texts from people uh, just saying, hey, pray for us for whatever it is, a job transition or going through a family issue or just some other kind of problem in their life. And they're saying, hey, just pray for us. And then Pastor Gabriel, he will share from time to time a need that you all will allow to be shared. He'll text me over and just say, hey, Pop, be praying about and give me whoever it is. So I do realize there are people in here this morning that are saying, hey, I just, I just need the presence of God in my life. And, and it's some of us, I mean, we, we serve Jesus like every day. And I'm going to tell you right now, the devil attacks those everyday folk like everybody else. I mean, some people say, yeah, I'm serving God. And they come every weekend. They may every month or whatever. And they just, during the week, they're not serving God. And, and they feel like they deserve getting that attack. Sometimes when people are in the church, they love Jesus with all their hearts and they're getting attacked. They don't get why that's going on. And they feel like that the Lord's not with them. So my end run today for us to leave here on the idea is Jesus is with us today. And who is he to us? And we're going to take that out of the Old Testament. One of the things concerning the Old Testament that we need to get, that over 300 times in the Old Testament, it's prophesied that Jesus would come the first time. And if you ever read and try to compare the prophecies of the Old Testament and then how it happened when Jesus got here, you're going to find it's just perfect. I mean, it's just exactly like the prophet said is what happened. And we have 300 of those. So when people say, well, I'm not sure Jesus was really involved in the Old Testament. We're going to deal with that. But he was prophesied about 300 times for his first coming. And everything has been perfect on that. Here's the other thing, too, that it was also prophesied over 500 times, over 500 times about his second coming. Now, y'all, this is just old school right here. But if God has said 300 times Jesus is coming and it's perfection to get him here, I mean, every prophecy is fulfilled in his life while he was here. Do y'all just reckon that maybe with 500 prophecies of his second coming that he's really going to come back again? I mean, I'm just saying right now, I know that's, I know that's really old school and I just know it's kind of, kind of, uh, uh, vintage if you would, but I just believe if 300 times God got it right, that on the 500 coming, we really believe that Jesus is coming back. And I do believe that. So if you've got people that have died, that have, that have gone on to be with the Lord, I'm just going to tell you right now, there will be a reunion. 
I think one of the problems we have today also is some of these progressive people look back in the Old Testament and they kind of give God down the road. Uh, They look at Job and they just say, you know, what kind of God is this that would allow Job to go through what he's going through? You know, Job is a good example for us of God's love and grace for us. I don't know if you've read all of Job. Some people quit like after chapter two, after the devil's gotten uh, rights to get after him. After two, they quit. But if you read to the end, you get to chapter 42, the word of God said that God doubled everything back that Job had lost except kids. He had 10 kids. I'm just saying right now, I mean, Cam and Maggie are excited today that theirs aren't with them. That there were grandparents. Just think if it were doubled when they got home today. Just saying. I mean, if, if, if just a few were making you, you know, crazy, what, what, he had 10 kids. And when he got to the end of his life, God gave him back double camels, double donkeys, double everything except kids. And on the kids, he just gave him 10 kids. But here's the point with God. He got double because the other 10 were with the Lord. Are y'all still tracking me now? So when God gives him 10 more on earth, so how many kids does he have really? Well, he's got 20. He doubled up. So we read Job and we leave God out. And here's all I'm wanting you to do today before we get out of here today is put Jesus back into your life in a real way in the good and in the bad that he's with you. Does that make sense? So let's hit some scripture real quick here and and then we're going to move. In Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27, the word of God says this. Now, this is Jesus dealing with a couple guys. On the road, one of them named Cleophas. He's, you know, he's country. So we got Cleophas and another guy. They're on the road with Jesus. It's after the resurrection. They think Jesus is dead. They don't understand the resurrection. And they're walking with him. And for you all that like small groups, this is like the best small group ever. Because this is the best ever. Because it's the word explaining to somebody else what the word is. I mean, it's like the living word speaking to them about the written word. But I want you to hear this small group meeting and listen to this. And Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that. Now watch what he says, because we've got to find Jesus in the Old Testament as well as the New. Listen to what he says. You find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Verse 27 says, And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Here's what Jesus said. I don't care what the progressives say about me. I was in the Old Testament. I mean, they can say what they want to, but I didn't just show up here From the good God. I've been with the good God from the very beginning. Here's what it says in John 1, 1 through 5. And this is very, very good for us. And you know this one well. In the beginning, the word was already existed. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I don't care what war they had in the Old Testament. I don't care what the issue was. God had a better plan than we're reading. Jesus is revealed there. Listen to what else it says. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but, but I love that. 
I just love that word, that Jesus was already here. He was already moving. I don't know if you guys got Colossians. Y'all get Colossians 1. Did we give you that one? Yay. Colossians 1, 15 through 18. Check this out. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed when? Before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. I'm just building the case right now. And I know some of y'all are sitting here saying, well, I already know that. I know you know it, but you don't act like it. I mean, I get what you know, but we got to make this stuff work for us every day, y'all. So here's what he says. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we, we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Let me just stop and say this right now. I thank God for the unseen world. And I don't know about the rest of y'all, but we sing a song here that we're surrounded. And when we're surrounded, we're surrounded. We're double surrounded. We may be surrounded by the enemy, but there's an unseen realm that says I'm surrounded by another, another host of God. So the enemy may be in my face right now, but there's a living God that's got me surrounded for victory in this issue. Does that make sense to anybody? So here's what it says. That he reveals to us that such as kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created where? Through him. And why? For him. He existed when? Before anything else. And he holds creation together. Christ is also the head of the church. You need to say amen right here. Okay, back up and do something different. Back up and say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, because he's the head of the church. The reason you're not flying off your seat right now is not because you're held down by 14 pounds of pressure per square inch called gravity. The reason you're not flying off your seat right now is because Jesus holds the world together. Okay. No, that's okay. I'll I'll be okay. Watch this. Here we go. In verse 18, Jesus is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, and he is first in everything. So here's all I'm telling you right now. We're going to find Jesus this morning. Y'all ready? I mean, we're going to find Jesus. I believe he's throughout the Bible. I believe he's there. I believe he's been revealed the 300 times by prophecy. I believe that he's in the Old Testament by his very presence. He appears, and if some of you want to do a little research on this, he appears as the angel of the Lord. He appeared to Abraham. You remember that? When Abraham was about to kill Isaac, and it said, and the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him, and he said, because you have obeyed me, which means it, it was deity, that it was Jesus in his precarnate form, and he appeared to him. He appeared to, and, and even even there, Abraham said, I'm going to call this place uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. So he named it after the Lord himself who appeared. You know, he also appeared to Hagar, who was the servant girl that got pregnant by Abraham. And there she was in a bad situation. And the angel appeared to her and said, I've been watching you. And she named the place the Lord sees all. 
So I'm just helping you right now. God appeared in the Old Testament as an angel of the Lord in many places. So he's got presence in the Old Testament. He's prophesied in the Old Testament. And so we've got to begin to kind of let that enter into us. And then he's also patterned in the Old Testament. And that's what you're going to hear right now. There are a lot of things that happen in the Old Testament where he is the pattern. In other words, they had a sacrifice of a lamb and Jesus was the lamb that was sacrificed. That makes sense to you? So he has a pattern there. Let me read one more, a couple more verses of scripture out of first Peter to kind of pick up on where Gabriel was uh, last week. And then, and then we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll rush somewhere, maybe for an ending. Listen to this, 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. Listen to what they said. It said this salvation was something even the who? The prophets wanted to know more. So it's, a, it's something they wanted to know more about when they prophesied, Old Testament, about his gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered What time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them. So the Spirit of God was dwelling with them in the Old Testament. Spirit of Christ, the Bible says, within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's sufferings and the great day, the great glory afterwards. In other words, talked about the resurrection and the second coming. Verse number 12 says, they were told that their messages were not for themselves. They weren't for themselves. I love this right here because when you read the Old Testament and I hear people say, well, that's not about us. It's all about us. The Bible's all about us, y'all. It is to us. It reveals Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Holy Holy Bible is all about Jesus. He is the watermark on every page in the Bible. He's there. I mean, if if you read the Word of God, He's Genesis to Revelation. Here's what it says. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It, was, it is all so wonderful, and even the angels are eagerly watching to see what happens. So here's all I'm going to tell you right now. I believe, I do believe, that the Old Testament is for every one of us. I don't believe we rule it out and throw it away because it's not fun. And talking about fun and fair, when people say, well, this isn't fair. Well, a couple things. God never promised you a life that's going to be fun, although you're going to have fun today. And he never promised you fair. Alabama promises you fair. One week every October. I mean, you can have a fair. But the kingdom of God's not about what's fair. Who's getting what? Who has more than someone else? Or why is this happening to me? I'll give you one more verse. And then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the Bible. No. John 16, 33. This is one that's going to be very familiar to you. So let me go ahead and just give you this one. This is Jesus speaking, red letter in your Bible. So hold on to this one. Let me just stop here. It almost bothers me for red letter in the Bible. It doesn't bother you, but it almost bothers me. Because I get what it is. They're they're trying to show you when Jesus was speaking. I'm going to tell you the truth to me. You can just start red letter in Genesis 1, 1. I mean, you could red letter the whole book because it's all God speaking to us. And I think sometimes we've isolated the kingdom of God into the words of Jesus. Nothing terrible about that, except you're going to miss a lot of the kingdom of God. So here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking for everybody in this room right now. And uh, 
Bobby, it's for you. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will, you will, you will, you will have many trials and sorrows. I wish that wasn't red letter. But it is. On this earth, you're going to have trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. So here's all I want to tell you. You may have a bad day, but Jesus is still here. You may be in a fiery furnace trial, but he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. You may be in Job's position, but he is the God watching over Job and telling the devil, this is as far as you can go right here because this is my kid. And at the end, he can move everything away that has been evil and bring back everything that is good. This is the God that we serve right here. He is the God that shows up outside the walls of Jericho when I've got to fight a big battle and don't know what to do next that shows up and says, stand up and be strong. Today's your day of victory. It's that kind of God that we need to get a hold of. Jesus is found in Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest, the altar, and the lamb of sacrifice. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, Jesus is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and our lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, first and second, he's the trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Nehemiah, he's our restorer. In Esther, he's our advocate. In Job, he's our ever living redeemer. In Psalms, he is the shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's the hope of of resurrection. In the Song of Solomon, he's our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the one with the right to rule. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Hosea, Jesus is the faithful husband, forever married to the sinner. In Joel, he is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit in fire. In Amos, he's the restorer of justice. In Obadiah, he is the mighty to save. In Jonah, he's the great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the one whose feet bring the good news. In Naaman, he is the strong, he is the stronghold in the day of trouble. In Habakkuk, he is our God and our Savior. In Zephaniah, he is the King of Israel. In Haggai, he's the signet ring. In Zechariah, he's the humble king riding on a colt. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness who's rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Jesus is the Son of God. In Mark, he is God with us. In Luke, he is the son of Mary telling us how he feels like we feel. In John, he's the bread of life. In Acts, Jesus is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In first and first Corinthians, he is resurrection. In second Corinthians, he's the God of all comfort. In Galatians, he is our liberty and he sets us free. In Ephesians, Jesus is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is our joy. In Colossians, he is our completeness. In first Timothy, he's our faith. In 
In 2 Timothy, he's our stability. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is our hope. In Titus, he is truth. In Philemon, he is our benefactor. In Hebrews, he is our perfection. In James, he's the power behind our faith. In 1 Peter, he is our example. In 2 Peter, he's purity. In 1 John, Jesus is our life. In 2 John, he is our pattern. In 3 John, he is our motivation for getting up every morning. In Jude, he is the foundation of our faith. And in Revelation, Jesus is our soon coming King. That's where you find him is in the word of God in every book on every page. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was. He always is, and He always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought our healing. He was pierced and eased our pain. He was persecuted and brought us freedom. He was dead and brought us life. He was risen and brings us power. He reigns and brings us peace. The world cannot understand Him. The armies cannot defeat Him. Educators cannot ignore Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. Pharisees couldn't confuse Him. The people couldn't hold Him. Nero couldn't crush Him. Hitler couldn't silence Him. New Age can't replace Him. Progressive theology can't explain Him away. And the if you can't keep him quiet. He is life. He is love. He's longevity. And he's Lord. He is goodness. He's kindness, gentleness, and he's God. He is holy and righteous, mighty, powerful, and he's pure. His ways are right. His words are eternal. His rules are unchanging. And when you woke up this morning, his mind was on you. Can I just tell you who he is? One, a little bit more. Okay then. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is our God. He is our priest. He is our joy. He is our comfort. He is our Lord. And he rules our lives. If you're depressed this morning, he was a man of sorrows. If you're trapped, he's the door. If you're poor, he's the hidden treasure. If you're a soldier, he's the captain of the host of heaven. If you're confused, he's your light. If you're hungry, he's the bread of life. If you're thirsty, he's the living water. If you're wandering, he's the good shepherd. If you're ignorant of the issue, he is the great teacher. If you're bound, he is your ransom. If you're an astronomer, he's the bright and the morning star. If you're a geologist, he is a rock of ages. If you're sick, he is the great physician. If you're a florist, he's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. If you're a jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. If you're an architect, he is the sure foundation. If you're war weary, he is the prince of peace. If you're a writer, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. If you're lost, he is the way. If you're deceived, he is the truth. If you're dying, he is life. If you're stranded, he's the bridge. If you're weak, he's the almighty. If you're lonely, he is the friend that's sticks closer than a brother. And if today you're a sinner, and if today you're a backslider, he is, he is our Savior, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen, y'all. 
I'm going to ask you to stand right now, if you would. If y'all want to come back to the musical instruments, y'all may. Jesus is the answer. There's no second choice. There's not a, I'll take him if. I would take him, but. He's our only answer. And here's the other thing. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the Old Testament is not good for you and Jesus isn't there. He's represented throughout the Old Testament for our benefit. When I look at the bad things that happened in the Old Testament and try to identify how does that fit in the image I have of God in the New Testament, the truth is I don't understand all that. But here's what I know. Jesus is going to be revealed in that book. He will be revealed by that prophet. I will see him somewhere. So when you read your Bible, read for Jesus. Some of y'all are going to say, yeah, dude, but I tried to read the book of Revelation. I had someone tell me this week, tell my wife this week, well, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. That is the most lame excuse. If you can read anything, you can read the Bible and understand it. We make, we make up excuses. I'll give you another one that I, that I had. I can't understand the book of Revelation. Because all these animals and four-headed beasts and the time and flying wasps that kill people, I, I, I don't get it. Because it's not about time. It's not about flying wasps and it's not about four-headed creatures. It's about Jesus. The Bible says if you just read it, not understand it, just read it and you'll be blessed. If you add to it, you'll be cursed. So I'm not smart enough to add anything to it. So when I read Revelation, I'm reading it this way from the very title. It's not called Revelations, plural. It's not the Revelation of John. It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. I believe two, twofold. It was a revelation he received for us, but it was also a revelation of himself. So when I read the book of Revelation, I'm just looking for Jesus. I'm just looking for Jesus. If I read Genesis, I'm just, I'm just looking for Jesus. He was patterned in the flood with the ark and the water. I mean, he, he's throughout. When, it, when the Bible says in Genesis 3 that the voice of the Lord was walking in the garden. Jesus is the word of God. I'm just saying, he's our answer today. If you're here this morning, there's going to be one person baptized. We know one person can be baptized. You may be here today and not serving God. And you're going to say, dude, I want to to accept Christ today. I want Jesus in my life. Because He is the answer. He is our salvation. And I want to make a change. And I'd love to be baptized. You you can make all that happen this morning. This morning. There are clothes that the church has here for you to change into if you need to to be baptized. Eric's going to be baptized in just a minute. Lee said he wanted to be baptized a second time because the first time Gabriel put him in very cold water. And he knows this is very warm today. So Lee said, I want to be baptized. That's not going to happen, but just hit it in his head. And I was going to play a game this morning. And, and it was finding Jesus is the thought. But y'all remember, where's Waldo?
this is probably a bad altar call, but where's Waldo? How many of y'all remember that? It's like an 80s thing. And they'd have a picture of Waldo in, in a place, and you had to find him, pick him out. And so I was going to pick on Joy this morning and tell y'all that she asked me, because she's a little bit bashful at times, to help her meet people today. And I was going to have, I was going to have people, I was going to say, whoever knows Joy, go just put your hand on Joy, show us where she is. And I know, there are, I know there's probably 30 people in here right now that would run directly to Joy because they know her. And they would put their hand on her, and if not on her, on the person that's touching her, the person that's touching the person that's touching her, and pretty soon the whole room could be there. And you may not really know her, but you're touching someone that touches her. And that's really what the kingdom of God is about. So this morning you may not have the same revelation that I do, but it doesn't mean you can't touch him. It doesn't mean you're not involved here and you can't know him. And Jesus is in this room today and he's just asking for you to identify him. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Now, Father, I ask you now to speak to our hearts. I believe you have. I believe by your word and your spirit, you've spoken to us. I believe you revealed your love for us. You revealed that Jesus didn't just appear yesterday. He's not a 2021 after the COVID issue trying to help us out. But he is here good times and bad times. He's here from the foundations of the universe. Jesus is God incarnate. So we thank you, Lord, that though we may not understand the Trinity, we may not be able to put that package together. We know that Jesus is not a today. He's a forever. And I know he's speaking to hearts this morning. And there are some folk here that have been discouraged. Some of y'all are in some business deals you've got to make some decisions about. Some of you have got some family stuff that you're fighting issues right now. It may be with children or parents or other issues in the family. Some of you guys are struggling with finances today. I'm just here to tell you that Jesus said in this world, you're going to have some tribulation, but be of good cheer. Somewhere you got to find a place. And I'm going to say it this way, just to suck it up and say, I don't understand this, but Jesus has been here and he's made a way of escape. That he's been here and I can have joy because he's overcome this situation before I got to it. So for those of you all that sit in that position or you stand in that position, I'm praying today that this word has brought some freedom and victory and joy to you. Some expectation and hope. But boy, the one I'm really praying for is that one person that's here today that says, I was serving God, but I've just kind of walked away and got disgusted and got tired and got weary. Or the person that just says, I've really never served the Lord. I've, I've heard this, but I've never really gotten a hold of it. But today I want my life to change. I want Jesus not just to show up. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want to give my heart to him. I, want, I just want to tell him that I love him and I need forgiveness of sin. If that's you today, I don't know about raising your hand, but I'm going to ask you to because I want to pray for you. But instead of raising it and putting it down, I'm going to ask you to raise it and hold it up for just a minute. Let me pray for you. If that's you, you want a different relationship here. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to be forgiven. All right, let's pray. Father, 
I love and I thank you right now for salvation. I thank you that the greatest gift, the greatest promise that was promised out of the 800 promises of your coming was about salvation. I thank you, Lord, that your presence in the Old Testament was about salvation. I thank you, Lord, right now that we have that anointing in this room today because you did come, because you did fulfill Scripture, and because you're here with us now. Because you are the pattern. You are what cut out the pattern, the idea of the Lamb slain for the forgiveness of sins and the blood cleansing of sins. That was about you, and you're here today. So I ask you, Lord, right now to forgive us. And I just say, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of where I've not walked correctly. Forgive me, Lord, of the issues in my life. Forgive me, God, right now that I've not put you first. Forgive me, Lord, that when I've had hard times, I just want to throw up my hands and quit and walk away. Just forgive me, Lord. Help me today to see that you love me and salvation is for me. Redemption is mine in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Give the